Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harvey, your host, and this is a very special Raise Up edition of Baseball Biz. We're so glad you're here with us this week. So much good news about the Rays. So let's get started. What's going on this last week in the world of Radom? So are you Rays? They, they went up to Yankee Stadium there and they visited them for, let's see, four games. We won game one. Then we lost games two and three, and it was starting to hurt because I don't want to lose to the Yankees. But then we came back with game four, and we celebrated with a draw. Then the Rays flew off to Arlington, Texas, as the Rays went to face off again against the Texas Rangers at Globe Life Field, meeting once again former teammate Nate Lowe. But I want to back up a bit here and take a look at some of what happened with the Yankee series. First, one thing we need to celebrate Ryan Yarbrough had his first complete game. Not only did Ryan have his first complete game, it had been since May 14th, 2016, since the Rays had had a complete game, and that was with Matt Andrees on the mound. The Rays were at home, and they were playing the Oakland A's. Let's see, I guess we had scored two in the bottom of the third, and they did that again in the sixth. The management was looking at the team saying, I guess it felt pretty confident that to go ahead and leave Andres in there. So Andres wound up pitching a shutout with a complete game of one, only 106 pitches, of which 78 were strikes. Let's hear what Matt had to say after the game. I never thought, obviously, a complete game in the minor league or professional career, so I think, you know, I, I pride myself off of going deep in the games, and I, you know, I just give my, my team an opportunity to win it. Then. You know, it worked out. And I give a lot of credit to Hank, too, and my defense, you know, they're, so why did it take so long for another complete game? Part of that is Kevin Cash's strategy as far as saving the arms and making sure that a team doesn't see the same pitcher over and over again. If you see the same pitcher three times, you have a much better chance of hitting off of them. Now with Andres, he was, in, he was comfortable. We had a pretty good lead. So he went ahead and let him play a little further. Now, he had that opportunity a couple of years ago, also with Ryan Yarbrough, and that was in Seattle. Let's talk about that for a moment. It was August 11th, 2019, and the Rays were playing the Mariners at T-Mobile Park. Cash pulled Yarbrough after he had pitched eight and two-thirds innings. Ouch! It reminds me of a certain World Series game pulling snow, but here we are, a young man, Ryan Yarbrough, Eight and two-thirds innings into the game, just one out away from a complete game. Why? Why did he pull him? Well, he pulled Ryan Yarbrough from the mound and put Emilio Pagan in up to close out the ninth inning. Pagan's a great closer. The Mariners' DH Domingo Santana was coming up to the plate. So I can see where you might want to nuance a special pitcher for a special hitter. So the Rays had only led by a single run, and Cash felt that he had more potential of closing out the game with Pagan facing Santana instead of Yarbrough. You only have a one-run difference. This is from Mark Tompkins, an article he wrote at the time. Quote, and he felt the best way to do that, speaking of Cash, all sentimentality and emotions be damned, was to take out the soft-tossing lefty Yarbrough because the better matchup was to have righty reliever Emilio Pagan face right-handed Seattle slugger Domingo Santana, end quote. 
Here's what Kevin Cash had to say about that. Well, first of all, he, he, he had an unbelievable game. Our, our defense played well behind it, but he was just dominating. Uh, the thought process simply in that inning was we knew Santana was coming up third, liked a better matchup with Pagan. Very difficult decision, obviously, given what, what Yarbs provided for us, but uh, felt like that was the best to give us the best chance to win. Let's take a look at part of that quote. Cash said, very difficult decision, obviously, given what Yarbs provided for us. So obviously, you know, he had some compassion for Yarbrough having done so much in that game for the team. He went on to say, but felt like that was the best to give us the best chance to win. And that's the truth of the matter. If you look at this game as a business, you've got to take sometimes the analytical approach that doesn't make the best feel-good experience necessarily for one of the players, but definitely puts another W in the win column. So it's hard for me to really criticize Cash for what he did back in 2019 and pulling Yarbs. But I was certainly glad to see that he did allow Yarbrough to go ahead and pitch a complete game the other day. So it was, uh, let's see, the June 3rd game. They're facing the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Fourth game in the series. And the indomitable Garrett Coe takes them out with his one what 178 ERA. And the Yankees erase Ryan Yarbrough, who had a, four, a 428 ERA, faces off the, the Yankee batters. So what happens? Yarbrough takes them out. Cash and the coaches have been asking him how he feels after each inning. So as we get later in the game, he keeps asking Yarbrough, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Well, you know, the eighth inning comes and, and no one is warming up in the bullpen. That's always a good sign. Well, you know, if I, maybe I'll still be in the game. So Yarbrough, you know, Yarbrough feels the confidence and is grounded the mound in the ninth. Brett Phillips catches the ball for the third and final out in the ninth and tosses it into the stands. <laughs> oh, gosh. That had to be crazy because a complete game. You'd probably want that final ball, the one that was caught, that final out, to be in the hands of Brett. Uh, not necessarily a fan from Brett Phillips, but in, uh, <laughs> in the hands of Ryan Yarbrough. He said they did give him the game ball. Some question, did, did you really get the real game ball? I think he was just happy to have completed a complete game, but and a win for the Rays, and a win against Garrett Cole. Boom. There you go, Yankees. So the Rays left New York with a mixed bag. Win two, lose two. And now off to the Rangers. Heading out to Arlington to Globe Life Field. Well, once again, they'll face also Joey Gallo and an old teammate, Nate Lowe. But what's going to happen? I mean, we're looking here, and if we look back, because, let's see, was it about mid-April? Mid-April when the Rangers came to the TROP, and they pretty much handed our, <laughs> they money served our lunch right back to us, because what happened is that they took four. No, no, no. We had played four games against them, and they took three of the four games. That hurt. That hurt a lot. So that, that leaves a bit of a stigma. I was anxious about, you know, going out there and playing them. I didn't know what was going to come. But they made it instant. But they made it interesting once again. The good news is <laughs> we won two of the three games that we were there. We started out and let's see with the first game. Hmm, how'd that work out? We lost the first game of the series, and that's never a good sign. But after that, we wound up winning games two and three. But I gotta tell you, 
One, it was hard to watch again, thinking back to mid-April. And game three was especially hard to watch. I mean, we're, we're looking, I'm looking at this game, and the Rangers scored early. They maintained a one-zip lead against the Rays. There were several opportunities where the where Rays could have scored. They didn't. Joey Wendell seemed to be having a little difficulty that day, which is unusual for him. Nothing terrible, but a little hesitation on one thing and how I played another ball, but things that you don't expect to see with Joey, but <laughs> that are natural with any other human being or baseball player. So I hope everything's going well there. In the seventh inning of this game, you know, we're, we're still suffering. It is a Rangers one-zip game. We got to do something, and we got to do it quick. Seventh inning, the Rays ended with two Rays on base and no runs still. So that was the seventh inning. Oh, my gosh. It was interesting because there were some exciting defensive moves going on with the team. And let's see, in the fifth inning, there was this diving catch by Brandon Lau. He was out there right just shortly behind first base, and he had to zip over, lean up, and go across the grass, catching a line drive by Joey Gallo. It was just short of being a grounder at that point, or at least an in-base hit. So that was exciting. At Kiermaier, I know everybody has mixed feelings about him, but I'll tell you my feelings abound in joy, especially when you look at the sort of performance he gave at the Rangers. Uh, got a man on third. I think it was two outs. Kiermaier's out there in the outfield, and one of the Rangers hits the ball way out there. It looks like it's going to go past the wall, but no, 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 it's it's not. Kiermaier's over the warning track. He lifts up, and boom, yes, he catches the ball, and Keener Falefa does not get a run. Nobody comes in, no RBI, and thank you very much. End of the seventh inning. We're still behind one to zip. Could have been worse. Enter the eighth inning. Uh, but at this point in the eighth inning, we had bases loaded. There was three men on base. And up comes Yandy Diaz. And, man, I've got so much hope for Yandy. Yandy is a very effective player. He wears pitchers out. When they come up to pitch, they better be ready to go ahead and pitch 10 times to him. I mean, that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration. But he does wear them out. And he gets on base, you know, probably more than a lot of folks. So there we are, three men on base. Yandy Diaz is up. He's got a 3-2 count. And that patience of Yandy pays off. Another ball comes across the plate. He does not swing. And bam, that forces the walk. That comes a walk-in run. Brandon Lau goes across the plate, courtesy of a walk from Yandy Diaz. <laughs> oh, that was good. You know, in that same inning, too, our newcomer and young man who's proven himself time and time again is Tyler Walls. You know, everybody's saying Wander Franco, and I was too, but Tyler Walls is more than proving himself. And let's see, this time at bat, he's at a one-two count. Hmm. He hits the ball low to center field and makes it an unbelievable double and two RBIs, getting Rosarina and Brassell to come right across the plate. And when you saw where that ball hit, you would never, ever have thought that the Taylor Walls would be heading to second, but he did, and man, that was a boost of positivity for every Ray and every fan watching the game. Now, here we are. We're at the bottom of the eighth. The Rays have just brought in three runs. 
Mm. Lau's walked in. RBIs with Rosarina and Brasso coming in off of, walk, off of walls. And now there's been walks on both sides. You know, it's, I don't know what's going to come. So here we are. Rays are back up at the top of the ninth. We'll just skip over the Rangers at the, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the eighth because they didn't do anything, okay? <laughs> but here we are at top of the ninth, and we're thinking, oh, it's been a little over two months, and several, several at battles later, Mr. Yandy Diaz. He has not hit a home run in that long. I can't believe that. I, mean, I think he may have done something during the postseason, but looking just at regular season games, that was it. So top of the ninth excitement in this inning is running high after the achievements in the eighth. Yandy Diaz is up, and he scores his first home run of the season. The ball goes out and over the head of the Rangers left fielder Willie Calhoun, who is all the way up by the back of the wall. And behind the wall, you can see fenced in, there is the bullpen for the Rays. And up, the ball goes over and into the glove of none other than Mr. Pete Fairbanks of the Rays. Woo! All right. <laughs> that was fun. That was exciting. If you haven't seen that, uh, I'll put up a link on Twitter for that because that's just it's too exciting a play to see. Yandy comes in, he gets the home run, and when you see them face of that man, I have always enjoyed the smile he has, the positivity he brings to the team, and the positivity he got to experience himself. That vibe continued for the entire raise at the bat in the ninth inning, and they added total of four more runs to their tally. So they got three in the eighth, and they come in with four more in the ninth. And there the Rangers are, sitting and looking at one sole run they had got early in the game, and nothing else has happened for them. But per Diaz, let's go back for a second. Here's, I see, again talking about Mr. Tompkins from Tampa Bay Times. He put in his article, see, quote from Diaz, when they put a few questions to him about how he felt about that home run, he says, I feel free now. I've never been the type of hitter to do a lot of home runs, even though I might have the strength to do it. I want hard contact and have great at-bats. That's my goal every time I go up there. Wow. Yeah, hard contact, who doesn't want that? But great at-bats is more than that. And that's what I'm talking about. Yandy wears down the pitchers. He's going to get on base. You know, I mean, a lot of times it's it's maybe by a walk. But he really gets up that pitch count of the opposition. So I was really happy to see Yanni get that home run. I was I love to see how it all played out going over the center fielder there, Calhoun, and into the mid back in the bullpen to Pete Fairbanks. That was exciting. Well, the bottom of the ninth, the Rangers take the field. Scores now, let's see, what, 7-1, to one, and that's how it ends. So, I mean, until the seventh inning, until we actually came into the eighth inning, it had been 0-1 Rangers leading. There was a lot of tension. But in the end, the Rays won 7-1, and it looks like it's 50% off Papa John's Pizza tonight, Rays 6. Don't forget that promotion. We don't get anything from those folks, but I enjoy the pizza, and I certainly enjoy the 50% discount. Promo code Ray 6 Again, you're listening to Baseball Biz, the Rays Up edition. And we're going to look, dig a little deeper into the backyard of the Rays and see what's all going on with the rest of the teams in the American League East. Here, let's do a breakdown. 
at this point in the American League East, here's a rundown of how the five teams are stacking up. Well, fortunately for us with the Rays, we have the highest percentage of wins. We're at 623 with 38 wins and 23 losses. The Red Sox, let's see. We're looking at there. They've got 36 wins, and they beat up on the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that later. They got 36 wins and 23 losses, which gives them a 6-10 average. Blue Jays, 30 and 27, 526 average. Yankees, 31 wins, 29 losses. They're at a 517 average. And let's see, that puts them six and a half games back. The Orioles have a 21 wins and 38 losses for a 356 average, putting them 16 games back. Hard times in Birdland. Oh my gosh. If you're a Yankees fan, go ahead and please put your hands over your ears for the next few moments because you're not going to like the results. Because we're going to talk about the Boston Red Sox. And man, did they chew in the Aaron Boone's butt and the boys from the Bronx. It was tough. They broke history. This is the first time the Red Sox had swept the Yankees in New York since 2011. Woof. So it takes 10 years for that to happen again. It was a sad, sad weekend for the Yankees. I mean, if we look at this, Friday the Red Sox took them on and beat them 5-2 to two at Yankee Stadium. Then, let's see, that was uh, Saturday. The Red Sox won 7-3, to three, and yesterday they won 6-5. to five. I watched that game toward the end. They had actually gone to extra innings. There's some very uh, questionable officiating that did not go in the Yankees' side in the last innings of the game. And it very well could have uh, very well could have stayed their way and they could have potentially won this. It could have been a 5-4 game. But it wasn't. And we all had to suffer sometimes officials. I don't know if we'll ever see a robo-official or not. But in any way you take it, the Yankees are suffering. And fans and... There's commentaries out there against against them all the time, whether it be by fans, whether it be by announcers, uh, bloggers, whoever. It's hard to be a Yankees fan this year. And I, I never had sympathy for the Yankees fans, but it's coming real close. And to continue to look at what's going on with the Red Sox right now, they got a game today here on Monday with the Marlins, and that's actually going to be in Boston. Then they've in Boston, they've got three games with the Astros and then four with the Blue Jays also in Boston, taking them all the way through next Monday. Now, you know, you probably heard Brandon and I talking about this before, talking about the Astros being the turd in the AL East punch bow or pull. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how this Astros-Red Sox, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this it will be interesting to see how this Astros and Red Sox series goes over the next few days. Let's see if they put a dent in what the Red Sox have achieved recently. And the following games of the Blue Jays, who knows? They've been doing some bang-up work. And Vlad Jr. continues to surprise. Well, he doesn't continue to surprise. Vlad Jr. continues to to be knocking the home runs 
and the effectiveness of the Jays is huge. Some people were ready to write them off early on this season. Don't ever write off the Blue Jays. They're a great team. And let's talk about the Blue Jays briefly. Uh, they've got a strong, young team. You've got Simeons. They've got Boba Shett. They've got Vlad Jr. And I'm not going to go down the whole list, but it's been interesting watching because, yeah, they've been playing in Tech Data Park in Dunedin, Florida, where one of their minor league teams normally plays. That was recently measured as the most second most friendly home run park. So that was interesting, second only to Camden Yard. And now recently, the Blue Jays have moved to Buffalo up there at Salinger Field. And it'll be interesting to measure, see if the impact of changing that home field makes any difference for them whatsoever. I'm curious to see if they wound up going back and being able to play in Canada at Rogers Stadium. There's some things going on with the NHL today. And the NHL may uh, be allowing some future games up there. Let's see. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's it with the Blue Jays. And Orioles, well. And the Orioles had a good winning week this week. I mean, let's see. They went against the Twins. Came up there to Camden. And they had a three-game series of which the Orioles took two of those. Then the Cleveland team, they came up there and they lost two out of three to the Orioles. So all in all, there's two series that the Orioles walked away with with wins. They'll be facing the Mets, and then after that, they'll be coming up and visiting the Rays. So that'll be interesting. And then they play the Cleveland again for a few, what, four more games. I, you know, they, I think they'll be stacking up some wins here shortly. That gives you kind of an idea of the overall AL East. And you know, I, I think one of the biggest surprises is how much the Yankees are suffering. It gets to be, are they just a home run team? You know, if there's not the availability to be able to make a home run, what happens? Saw some real, real sloppy fielding the other day against Boston. And something you wouldn't expect to see in T-League almost. I mean, it was pitiful. Like three guys just, who's on first? Looked like a Three Stooges act out there the other day. And while they did get some bad calls at the plate the other day, I think that they still got to sharpen up, and I don't know what it's going to take. As far as them doing some base running, I, I don't think there's any of that. So if you don't hit a home run and you get to a single, if you don't have the capability or you're not willing to take to steal a base, you're losing a lot of opportunities for runs. So let's keep an eye on the Yankees, and when Brandon comes back next week, we'll dig a little deeper into that. So taking a look again here at the upcoming homestand for the Rays, there's going to be five games they're going to be playing. Let's see. The first two games are going to be with the Nationals. And if we take a look at the Nationals, let's see. They're number five in the NL East, one game behind the Marlins. They're seven games behind first. Their record thus far this year, the Nationals are 24 wins, 32 losses with a winning average of 429. It hurts. You know, this was a World Series champion a couple of years ago. Then we play the Orioles after playing two games with the Nationals. They're also a fifth-place team, and they are fifth in the AL East. They're 16 games back. Their record thus far is 21 wins and 38 losses. That puts them at uh, 356 average. 
So you're saying, oh, well, five games, five wins. No, no, no. Don't ever take any team for granted. Every team has ups and down days. And I think we'll have a strong homestand. I'd hope that we'd win both series. Of course, one of them being two games, the only way we'd have to win both. And let's see. And, and remember, you know, I was just talking about with the Rangers back in mid-April where we lost three of the four with them coming here to the Trop, and they were not the best team in their division by any stretch of imagination. So raise up, raise fans. A lot of fun things going on. We're doing some fantastic, exciting things. Seeing the team continue to grow, seeing players excel, seeing Yandy hit a home run again since forever, seeing Tyler Walsh contribute so much to the team. I'm excited. They're giving it, they're getting a day off today. It's it's Monday, but they will be back tomorrow Tuesday in the Trop again with the Nationals. So I'm excited about that. May I even get a ticket there this time? Who knows? Uh, but there, there's so many things going on. They're exciting right now in Tampa Bay. Our Tampa Bay, as we often say here, you know, by, by having the Bucks with the Super Bowl and having, of course, the Lightning having won the Stanley Cup last year and on their way to getting it again, looks like this year. They're defending champions. There's, there's a lot of great sports to be watching right now. And if you're a sports fan, you're probably watching NBA playoffs as well. Not something I'm particularly interested in, but it is exciting for a lot of people. But Champa Bay has other sports. If we look in the Tampa area and a little bit beyond, we look at the FSU, the Seminoles, Florida State University, the women's NCAA softball. It has been crazy. If you haven't seen softball in a long time, start now. The FSU women's softball team has been fantastic. And where they've been playing at is there have been rain delays, so much so that they were playing till 3.18 a.m. the other day before they closed with a win. And then that was, uh, let's see, Friday night, Saturday morning. It's getting closer and closer to the championship games. They'll be starting June 8th. But tonight, on June 7th, Florida State will be facing off against Alabama to become one of two teams to be in that NCAA Women's Softball Championship. FSU is hungry. They're ready to repeat their 2018 championship. So at 7 o'clock tonight, I'll be sitting in front of my tube watching ESPN, looking to see our Florida State knows taking their path to yet another championship in the NCAA Women's Softball Tournament. And the University of Southern Florida is also having a great, great season with the men's baseball team. So keep an eye, we'll keep an eye on that. And now a quick look for another x-ray. Willie Thomas, let's talk about an x-ray. I was uh, happy to see the other day, even though he's with the Brewers, I saw that when one of the, uh, one of the players, the Brewers, had hit a home run, and Willie was there to greet him. Willie you know, came out of the dugout, high-fived him, or... And had a ritual there. But Willie had so much positive energy that he brought to the team, especially in the dugout as, as people were coming in from batting a ball in, home run, whatever. Uh, I, I'm happy to see him doing there. You know, I, I always see somebody that you like on your own team. You want to see them thrive. So I'm happy to see that about Willie. Well, that's it for this week's Raise Up Baseball Biz. We're so glad you all were joining us here today. Brandon will be back next week, I hope. And if not, we'll be doing auditions here soon. 
because I'll be going on vacation as well. Hope all of you are having a great day, enjoying baseball. And just remember, there's a lot going on if you live in Tampa, too. You've got, of course, the lightning. You've got what's happening with the USF men's baseball. And, of course, FSU with the nose. The women in the softball tournament, NCAA. So keep your eyes on that. Enjoy it. And we'll be talking with you again real soon. Music provided by Scott Holmes. Thompson Claps.